welcome. Welcome, my friends, to the Beggars and Brawlers podcast. This is episode 40, recorded February 21st of 2022. And today, I have an interview for you with a fellow contributor to the Alchemy of Sorrow anthology, as well as an author of critically acclaimed fantasy in her own right, Rachel Emma Shaw. Rachel's first novel, Last Memoria, was a finalist in the sixth Fifbo. It is the first in a duology exploring how our memories define our identity, doing so through a fantasy tale about a memory thief on the run. Her third novel, Sakaran Nights, continues her exploration of mental health and fantasy through the eyes of a man living in a world of death and decay, where the people live to uphold the legacies of those who came before. Outside of her writing, Rachel has a PhD in neuroscience and finds herself enslaved to her 71 houseplants. <laughs> Rachel, 76. 76. Ah, they're multiplying. Yeah, but literally, <laughs> yeah, it's getting crazy. Yeah, I mean, people, you can't see the video, but uh, I can see lots of plants uh, multiplying in the background. <laughs> Just a snippet of my house. Yes. <laughs> so I have to ask, does that include any fungi or fungi? Not on purpose, but there were some. And I was like really excited <laughs> because it was around the time that Sakara Nights was about to come out. So I was like, yeah. oh my goodness, this is really fortuitous because in Sakara Nights, there are fungi growing literally everywhere. And uh-huh. then people had to remind me that one, I didn't know what the species was that was growing in my house. And two, <laughs> fungi release spores and they can be deadly. I was like, oh, hmm. I, I have to get rid of these. Like, no. Someone who wrote a book about fungi being everywhere and killing loads of people would know that letting random <laughs> right. fungi growing in a house is a very bad idea. Yeah, hopefully it wasn't like a silent influence on your reasons for writing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I love the I love the wooden fungi that you can see uh, on your YouTube channel. Very yeah. cute little guys. <laughs> I just I the need representing. You know, we have plants, we have animals in fantasy. It's true. Are- the entire kingdom gets shunted, right? Yeah. And they're the coolest by far, definitely. They can do, I, I'm not an expert, but I know they can do amazing things like getting rid of plastics and nuclear yeah. waste. I love that yeah. you know that. They can. They, uh, <laughs> I, I want to find new ways, new properties of fungi that I can bring into every story. In mm. Last Memoria, I had the Nexus, which is what the memory thief was like using to access mm-hmm. the memories of the plants. And the Nexus is built off this mushroom that lives underground in our world. This is a real thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. David Attenborough actually had it on his like latest show, whatever it's called. And my mum yeah. was watching, she got so excited. She's like, it's just like in your books. I was like, yes, mum. <laughs> that's what I based it off. You know? That's where David got the idea. <laughs> I know, he read my book. No, he didn't. But yeah. <laughs> he called me and asked. <laughs> that's funny. I actually have a lichen that grows underground in my first series, the one that was in Swiftbo, that also uh, lets people access magical powers. Like they can either meditate and do it their own way or they can just eat this lichen. <laughs> oh, I love it. Fungal representation. Mm, yes. <laughs> uh, we need more. Maybe we need more fungi in our uh, in our anthology. But um, do we have? We don't have any. It's not too mm, late. It's not too late. Yes, we can still revise. Do I have any? Oh, I have jasmine flowers instead of fungi. Mm. Yeah, I, do. yeah I can switch it. <laughs> <laughs> jasmine aren't important. They were just a plot device. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it's been wonderful. I got to read uh, the early version of your story in Alchemy of Sorrow, and now I got to read the final one. Um, and uh, it's always so cool to see stories transform. This one got so much more tighter and focused. I, I liked it at first, and I think it's great now. So oh, it's, um, it's, it's something, it's been a real privilege of working with so many other authors in the anthology. Holy cow. Yeah. You, know, you, you get super talented authors. 
I know. So you just, especially to have an editor like Sarah Chorn as well, you yeah. suddenly just, um, it's, it's almost like your, your writing ability is on speed. It's, it's fantastic. Mm. Yeah, I can't wait. She actually hasn't gotten to my story yet. And it hasn't been illustrated either. I'm just like, mm, on the edge oh. of my seat. Oh my God. <laughs> Anticipation. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so one of the things that I loved about this in the beginning, and and I feel like you brought it even more now, is just the concept of the relic. So I feel like it's it's not spoilers to say that uh, people's emotional experiences, would you put it that way, of life are, are uh, publicly or can be publicly displayed on their body. Um, and there's uh, shame and vulnerability and all kinds of things that that surround that that world building. Um, it's super cool. Uh, where did that come from, or was that was that the seed of the story? Or yeah, so I mean, this is like quite a, a sad story, really. But um, it was because there's a girl I used to work with, a woman called Anna, who had the she, she suffered from all sorts of invisible disabilities throughout her life, mm. and she was very mm -hmm. aware of this fact and was almost on a one woman mission to try and raise mm. awareness about invisible disabilities, about how mm. people see what they couldn't see. And, yeah. and we talk about this so much. And this was right around the time that Virginia approached me asking if I wanted to contribute to mm. the, story, the, the anthology. And mm -hmm. so it just, like, these conversations just merged into this idea mm. that we make our mental health scars visible. It is specifically, yeah. Yeah, you know, mental health is, is the negative side. We're not, you know, the, the relics that are on the, the, the that form the scars on these people. It's not of yeah. happiness and joy and right. Always, I noticed that. Yeah, because you know you don't have physical scars on your body from the happy things that yeah, happen. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So it's all the the negative experiences of our life that mark us, and it, it becomes quite visible for other people. And that was really for for Anna that I was trying to. Um, bring this out making it mm. trying to show what a world could be like when we mm -hmm. can see what each other have been through mm -hmm. yeah I mean I love the the message in it too of I don't have the exact line but about how you know because Aelin is that is that right yeah Make her name Elin, yeah, um, how she um, she has learned to be very shameful of it and she finds a group of people that aren't and the message that just sharing this helps you know like I love that sense of community um, and also the aspect of it that like uh, that touching it shares the experience. Yeah, that's just, super cool. It wasn't some that was some that was one of those writing moments that just comes to you because mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to make it so that um, empathy and it, it almost it's a form of therapy, isn't it? Talking about mm -hmm. what you've been through, sharing with others what you've been through can heal yourself as well as hearing mm -hmm. what others have been through can provide you a way of um, knowing that you're not alone. So I was very keen on that mm -hmm. being the healing mechanism in this world. But then the idea that you could actually touch a relic and experience what that person had been feeling, it just when it, it just it, it's almost like the, those words wrote itself. And I sat back and I went, mm -hmm. oh, yes, I have to keep this. You know, this is <laughs> yeah. fantastic plot device to have in here it's, it's 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 something it goes beyond just seeing this lets you experience yeah. what someone else mm -hmm. has been through yeah yeah and i love how um again no spoilers but she uh, at a certain point reclaims agency basically through her vulnerability she's like you know i didn't want to share this but since you're here here we go you know and takes it one step further that uh that moment is great oh good i'm glad <laughs> it and i feel like that that message of like how sharing it helps, you know, like even, even just knowing that you're not alone, like that's kind of been my broader experience of this anthology is that like 
one that with each other, we're finding these awesome similar themes between stories that we all planned independently, but um, also how the community has reacted to just our Kickstarter. Like we were like, mm, are we going to get enough to do this book? <laughs> and, you know, we have some marketing geniuses on our team too, but uh, obviously people are really excited about this. I mean, credit where credit's due. Virginia and Insta, they've done an amazing thing like promoting this, but mm -hmm. there has also been a need for this anthology. That's yeah. what we see with the fact that so many authors were like, yes, I, I have a short story. I want to contribute to this. And readers are just, they, they're ready for this. And it's almost that for a long time, we've kind of ignored it in fantasy. Mm -hmm. you know, we totally. Fantasy as escapism. We always have... Um, editors, publishers, agents looking for stories that are about, you know, exciting adventures. They don't want to go into the nitty gritty. And so they keep mm -hmm. blocking those kind of stories from coming to the forefront. And this anthology shows that there is an appetite for these sorts of stories. Yeah. People who fantasy want to, to find solace in the stories that they're reading too. They, they, they don't mind that a story might be darker than your usual yeah, and I mean, like we were talking before we started recording that that darkness gives contrast to experience the light that's there too. Like because we're with Eowyn suffering for so long, when she gets a little bit of lightness and community, it's like ah, in a way that you know, if it's not there, like you have to go, yeah, to the darkness. And yeah, I think that fantasy, the genre, has so much power to do this because you can you can build a body like this. This story doesn't make sense in any other genre. Even science fiction would be very strange. I think. <laughs> I, love, I, I mean, I love like the difference between science fiction and fantasy because you could do the same things. Like we were talking yeah. earlier about *Last Memoria*, that's a memory thief. You could very mm -hmm. easily do memory thieves in science fiction, but it would have a different feel to it. Yeah. When yeah. you explore it in in fantasy, it allows a dissociation. So I always mm -hmm. told people I was basically exploring dementia, but without it being mm -hmm. a triggering mm -hmm. subject because totally. it's not. It's it's asking questions about is grandfather still my grandfather if he doesn't remember who he is and anything about us you can mm -hmm. ask those questions without it feeling feeling you know too much for the person who's reading it and i think that science fiction can feel too real in that sense whereas mm, right it allows us to go deeper into these subjects in a different way in a, a much more cathartic way i think so i think it's mm -hmm. the perfect device for healing Totally. Yeah. As long as we write our characters in these like other worlds and contexts to be true to human experience, it is kind of like a sandbox. And what I love about like imagining this story, those relics uh, in fantasy versus science fiction or something else is that it's embodied. It's not technology, you know, like it's, it's in the body. Um, and yeah, I just feel like emotions, the book that I'm writing right now is like my character is learning a meditation that finds where the emotions are embodied and um, process them through that and like uh yeah it's just you know like we're not divorced minds and bodies and that, yeah. that feels really important when we're talking about difficult topics to keep the body in it yeah no, that sounds really cool it's funny you should say that when i i was initially thinking of the relics i was initially thinking of a almost like a, a substance that was around the body that was representing mm. mental health interesting and yeah it, and i was i was thinking it's too abstract it's too yeah from the body and that's totally. why it becomes more tattoo like on the body because it feels more um i don't know how to describe it but it's it's more of a visceral thing it, it, mm -hmm. when it's attached to you so you clearly thought the same thing it's it's good to see yeah totally i mean yeah it's just like scars made visible but also like yeah i love still love that tactile potential for compassion or for empathy like just 
You know, I think about like this one is negative, but when Elon or any of these people find a lover and they're experiencing touch in a different way, like that's super cool. So I'm actually wondering, like, is this a one and done or are we going to explore oh, this world and magic more? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, um, that's so funny. You should talk about the lovers because that was right. Oh, the, the Elin's chapter is, well, it is a chapter. Mm. It's not just mm. a short story. It's actually awesome. the first chapter in a oh, whole wow. novel. I'm, I'm tossing up between wow. the ideas for a title of It is Written in the Flesh versus Written in the Flesh. Mm. But awesome. the, idea, yeah. the idea behind it is that, um, you, how to do this without spoilers, um, right. but there is a character who is an, can I say, oh, I want to say, he's an asshole. Cut me if I can't. Can I say that? <laughs> you can say it, yep. He is an absolute asshole. In you probably know, having read the story, you know who this character is. Oh, okay. Wow. He's a main yeah. character? All right. He, so, <laughs> yeah, he is an asshole. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> and the great thing about this is that the, the whole story is, um, it follows him but through the eyes of everyone else who comes into contact with him in the world. Mm. So Eolin is the, the first one. It's her point of view for the first chapter. Mm. And then you go through other people. And so there are, there's another person that he comes into contact with later on who is, mm. um, they're, they're, uh, they've got an, a lover's scene going on. So you've got that, mm. what you were just talking nice. about, like how, you would, how it changes that intimate moment when you first expose your memoir to someone that you are right. you know, you know, hoping to bring into your life in that most intimate of ways. And right. I get to tackle lots of different uh, concepts like that. You know, I, I've loved, mm. uh, one of the chapters that are really exciting. I've got um, uh, a woman who has been suffering from long-term depression and that's like mm. hidden from the world. You've got mm -hmm. healers who are, you know, we were talking earlier about- Oh, right, yeah. They're in the story a little bit. Yeah, so empathy is, is a healing mechanism in the story. So you see what this empathy is doing to these healers. And it, it's very much, I think it's come out a lot from um, the whole pandemic, what's happening with um, the NHS frontline workers um, being, oh, I'm in the UK that the right. national workers, um, <laughs> yep. the frontline workers being drained by the pandemic worked so yeah. hard trying to heal other people and taking on all of the, the pain and suffering of that onto themselves. So that's reflected in that healers chapter. And uh, mm. it's been fantastic to see just how different the world is because of the existence of these memoirs. That's so cool. So I assume it's still in draft form. We don't have a publication date. <laughs> it is. I'm, t I'm torn with this one because I'm a traditionally self-published author, but I'm unsure whether this is the right one, is, is a great one for going self-published with mm. because it's, mm -hmm. it's more, I don't know, literary fiction. And also right. it we sounds were, a bit. And, and we were also talking about how um, mental health subjects in fantasy haven't really been uh, published that much in the self-published world. So I'm just not sure how this book would be received as a whole. We'll see how it goes with Alchemy and right. Sorrows. If it gets a good reception, maybe I'll self-publish it. If not, I'll try and the traditional approach, I suppose. Yeah, see if the trads will take it. <laughs> yeah. If not, I'll be like, no, right, self-publishing it is, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't know, just from the response that we've had to our Kickstarter, I feel like, I mean, maybe these are our friends who are are also on the same page about what kind of fantasy they want to read. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to do well. I uh, As of the time of the recording this, y'all, you have a week <laughs> to get on that Kickstarter. And then I think it's going to be quite a quite a break before they can just buy it on the market. Yeah, um, or something, because we've got... Um... Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a We've got to make all the pretty hardbacks and send them out. Oh, I know. Oh, my gosh. They look so... 
I can't wait. I really want, I want more. <laughs> I want, I want to order all the copies. It looks so good. Yes, me too. I actually need to put in my, my order for like, I've been waiting for us to be really close to a stretch goal and not there. And be like, okay, give me the fanciest one. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, sp- speaking of which, before we get off the anthology, I wanted to see if you want to read a little something from the story we've been talking so much about. Let's do this. All right. The pads of Eelin's fingers grazed the rough skin of Teller's relics as the other woman's emotions rushed into her. The crowd about her faded as loneliness tore through her flesh, burning into her until it seared away every other emotion. The isolation was so overpowering that she felt like she would never know the touch of another again. That's so good. Yeah. And uh, it's funny that that, that is the, one of the passages where that, that touch aspect of the magic that we've been talking about comes out. Awesome. Well, uh, I feel like we should leave it there, but where can people find you online? Um, so online, I think the best place to find me is probably on my YouTube channel. So totally. Which is it's popping off y'all. <laughs> it's a little bit crazy. Prepare yourselves for the weird world you're about to enter, but it's basically <laughs> an amalgamation of my two passions in life, science and fantasy, where mm-hmm. I try and explain the craziness that is fantasy, you know, whether that is how, um, fantasy creatures like dragons or succubi might have evolved or whether it's me trying to explain how magic could be inherited if you were to actually get into the genetics of magic and yeah so questions that nobody asked I answer (laughs) totally and you have that great series on mental health and fantasy which is like right on board with our anthology and what we've been talking about so I've got one on um, mental health healing which I'm looking forward to putting out soon so well because it's just magical healing of mental health isn't something that we've seen much done in fantasy so i'm looking forward totally. to more books doing it yeah okay so science and fantasy and i'll have the i'll have the links to that in the show notes so y'all can just click it where should they start if they want to read your books oh probably with last memoria that was okay. the spfbo finalist sorry i know you said spiffbo but spfbo finalist um <laughs> last time around so 2020 um and yeah that's the one about the memory thief and then if you yeah. like that the sequel called Scarlet Cerebra that you can check out. And then if you're still interested, then you can go on to Scar Nights. But that's the order. <laughs> Don't fail. Well, obviously lots of people liked uh, Last Memoria, so they probably will too. If you've listened this far and you're interested in what we're saying, you probably should check it out. So <laughs> awesome. So y'all should check out the Kickstarter. There'll be a link to that in the show notes. If you're listening to this after February 28th of 2022, too bad, unless it's like September of 2022, and then maybe you can just buy it missed out then you know set an alarm on your phones for september right check ebay there may be some of those beautiful hardbacks that are being scalped you know (laughs) bribe us we might have some extra copies that (laughs) you could could bribe us for right suddenly the kickstarter just funded a couple more hundred dollars we're like we can scalp our own books Uh, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, I'm so happy to have a story next to yours in the anthology and for people to read these wonderful things. Oh, I think this is, you know, I really love this about the anthology. It's pulling together all of these authors who write in a similar way about, you know, these kind of topics that are really emotional. And it's just a great way for people to find more authors that they're going to love because it's pulling so many of us into one spot. It's, I absolutely love it. So I'm, I'm great that we have something linking us now. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yes. Awesome. Uh, I'll talk to you soon on our Discord for the for the authors. Bye. <laughs> All right. Should we full disclosure that you were doing this while being positive with COVID? Thanks for soldiering through. 
I was not I was not contaminating anyone but my computer. Sorry. Guys. Right, yep. <laughs> we were sterile on Zoom, so
All right. So I hope you enjoy that interview. Um, and like we said, The Alchemy of Sorrow is still on Kickstarter for a few days. If you're listening to this before February 28th, 2022, if not, you can search Alchemy of Sorrow in Amazon and there should be a pre-order up or maybe even just an order. So if this sounds awesome and, um, so if this sounds awesome and I can personally verify that it is awesome because I've read all the stories, uh, go check it out and check for links in the show notes. You can find them there too. So till next time, my friends, uh, hope this podcast finds you well. And like I said, there'll be links in the show notes. So check those out. And till next time, my friends, as usual, I hope this podcast finds you well and in the company of good books. Till next time, read on.